Hey, what's happening, Citywide fam? Um, hey, we're gonna knock out a little bit of a controversial subject today. So it's actually not super controversial, but you know, lack of better verbiage, I'm just gonna go ahead and call it controversial. And it's regarding IC selection for your buildings and how that process should go and flow. So the process is really no different. It's the same, whether you're using an existing contract that you already know and already work with, and it's the same process if you're considering somebody that's on the waiting list. Each of these situations can have some negative implications if you don't follow the process. And it's kind of hard to know if it's gonna be harder on you or harder on the IC if you don't follow the process and something goes wrong. So with all that said, I should probably welcome a rare ops podcast guest. Kirsten, welcome. Thank you, thanks for having me. You ready to roll? I am, let's do it. Sweet, so normally when I have guests on, I like to just kind of ask as many questions as I can because it's well documented that people are sick of hearing me talk. Um, but I do want to kick off with a quick fact. So that quick fact is really simple. The first step in selecting the IC is the number one mistake that I see across the board by FSM. So that first step is the most commonly overlooked thing. And I don't think they mean anything by it. I think it kind of just happens, um, but I think I know why. So. Uh, Kirsten, the first step is? Is to notify the contractor coordinator, in this case, Heather, that you have a vacant building, how much it pays, and who you are considering using. Bingo. So it's not pick up the phone and dial somebody right away on your own. It's not. No. No. Properly. Uh, probably not. So um, part of the fact that they like earned that number one spot, it's, it's just a silly thing to make a mistake on. And the reason is, I kind of already alluded to, it's very rare that someone actually picks up the building or picks up the phone as soon as they get notice of a vacant building and starts calling contractors. It's incredibly rare. Typically what I see happen is, at a minimum, you get back to the office that afternoon and then you start thinking about it or then you start making phone calls. You might wait several days and in some cases you might even wait weeks. Um, so at the end of the day, why is it silly? I thought you'd never ask. Um, it's because it takes one minute to literally send Heather an email that says, this building's vacant. Heck, you might even forward the email because the contractor gave you a 30-day notice. This building's vacant or sales just sold this building. Here's how much the building pays. Here's when I want it to start. Here's who I'm thinking I want to use. That's a 30-second to one-minute email, and it's in Heather's inbox for you to have some options back. So anything you want to add there, Kirsten? Yeah, there's just a few things that Heather is going to look at initially that the FSM might not be considering. Um, if it's a good opportunity for a new IC, and do we have any that are 90% ready to go with background checks on file? A uh, couple other things that Heather is going to check for is the proposed IC that you have. Is the account in the territory within reason for the IC to get to? Does the IC have background checks um, of their employees on file? Looking at their workload and their bandwidth. Um, how many accounts does this IC already have? And if they're needing a business plan to get their next account and to move forward. So the other piece that Heather can suggest is an IC that already has an account in the area um, if the one you propose doesn't work out. So she's got a ton of resources and angles that uh, she can pull from and look outside of what maybe the FSM has on hand. Yeah, I mean, she's got data, right? FSM's got a gut feeling and an opinion, you know, in the moment that they decide to work on this, but Heather works strictly from a data standpoint, essentially. So um, we talked about this being a silly mistake because we know you're not picking up the phone 30 seconds after a building becomes available. Instead, you pick it up later at the day, later in the day at best, 
and you really saved no time. So why is it a headache for the FSM and for the IC when they go ahead and make that phone call without checking uh, with Heather first? Like where do some of those problems come into play? I think some of them come from uh, the new IC that you might be looking at is not fully signed up or they're too unpolished. Or they don't speak English or even another FSM could already be in the process of giving them a building. Um, the issues with an existing IC might be getting another uh, another account or two with an FSM simultaneously and they'll have to say yes when maybe they can't handle it. Uh, could be beyond a business plan requirement that they haven't turned one in, could have a pending issue with another FSM that you'd want to know about before giving them more work. Yeah, so at the end of the day, these are all valid points, and I just kind of find myself wondering, um, why do they seem to skip the first step? FSMs know their buildings best, and they don't need Heather's input. Harsh. Well... <laughs> I feel like that's what I hear 90% of the time, so. No, it's, it's dead on, right? It, it is the number one thing is just, we have a building, we think we know it best. I know I can't use a new IC because this client is so particular and you know, instead they use a IC that's average or slightly above average when they might need to take a shot at hoping this new person is great, so. All right, so outside of the number one mistake, which kind of segued us right into a few negative impacts, why else should an FSM be considering the contractor coordinator's opinion when filling buildings versus just using their kind of immediate gut judgment? I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the FSMs can be a bit in the weeds and sometimes they choose the path of least resistance versus the best choice that we have available. Um, the FSM might pick an IC that is good, but has four other buildings and to get another one, um, they need to uh, either have a building plan or um, a newer IC with one or two buildings and could be a stud at number three. Yeah, so I think what we're getting at is there's the FSM might pick an IC that's good, but they've already got four buildings and the fifth one might just be too much. They might tell you they can do it, but they don't have enough background checks. The hours don't line up. Um, but on the flip side, Heather could be like, hey, you have this contractor that, I mean, they're good, but you've also got this other one that you've been loving and they're actually only like 10 miles away and they've got one or two buildings. So this third building they could rock. Um, are there any other situations there that might jump out? Uh, I think the other one that we can look at is background checks. Um, the FSMs might be unaware that the IC's employee load at any given moment where the IC coordinator can see that they only have their background check on file and their spouses. They don't know, you know, if they've got two or three other employees or if it's just these two people cleaning these five buildings. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big deal. It's part, we normally don't fully, fully review that until we get to a business plan, but it, it is a part of the process where, you know, going back to my old days as an FSM, I would see this all the time where you ask a contractor, hey, can you take this building? And they say yes. And then when you ask them the next question, how are you going to handle it? Isn't it just you and so-and-so and so-and-so? And, -so? and they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, those buildings are, you know, whatever, 30 hours a night combined. And there's just three of you. You're already working 10 hour nights. I know you work a day job and now you're going to pile on another four hours a night each. Like you're going to work a 14 hour night and you, know, you need at least one more person. Do you have more people? And so those discussions kind of need to have, uh, need to happen. So, 
All right, uh, anything else you want to add? Anything else that I'm missing? Um, any other kind of been there, done that situations where you've seen similar mistakes be made? No, I, I don't think so. I just think that Heather's such a good resource to look at and the you know bigger picture, the outside perspective that I would think you'd want to use her. Yeah, I think she can help save you from yourself. Um, and also on that note, one more quick thing is don't forget your uh, night manager, your CCM's input, because they see what's going on at night. So, you know, you and Heather may come to a conclusion that this contractor could be the best selection and that contractor is a good backup. But you talk to your night manager and he's like, hey, uh, actually, so-and-so, that's your number one choice. He's got this or that going on. I think he's about to lose half his people. You may not want to do that right now. And just... I've seen a lot of good information come from them, so uh, don't forget to get their input. So at the end of the day, this isn't an earth-shattering amount of information today. It's not overly complicated information. It's just good fundamentals to help save you from being in a tough spot and having to stick with an accidental bad decision that you made on an IC or back yourself out of a discussion with an IC that you started that never should have started because you didn't call Heather first to make sure they were eligible and a good potential fit on paper. So. Uh, with that said, as always, thank you all for listening. Please grab your supervisor if you have any questions, and we will catch you on the next episode.